0: And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? How you doing? <laughs> I mean, when we say sexy, we mean all the way sexy. Yeah, Barry White, sexy. That would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 284, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. This is going to be interesting because... You're having some voice issues. Yeah, man. You know,
2: me and Matt tell you, we, we've gotten popular these days in our own ways. Well, I was uh, working on a top secret project today that required me to talk for about four hours and 15 minutes with very little breathing space in between. And yes, I know Matt and I did a four hour radio show for two years together. I did it for another two years, but that's been a minute, bro. My, my, my voice is not in shape to talk that long. And when you got a radio show, at least you got a break every uh, 10 or 15 minutes for seven minutes or so. There was no break today, brother.
0: Nope. You you had a lot going on today. And are we going to be able to dive into that at all? Or is this like your, your band from discussing? Yeah, I'm banned from discussing. Yeah, I figured it was. So you guys will just wonder what the hell we're talking about. But tell him, Matt. It's, it's really cool. It is. It's very, very cool. I mean, it's... This, I how Matt all my secrets. He's my boy. Yeah. I mean, it's badass. And it'll be one of those things that at some point in the near future, all of you will be able to understand what we're secretly discussing. And you'll think it's badass, too. Right. But, I yeah, got I mean... Two of those going on at the same time. That's kind of crazy, ain't it? Yeah. And that will sap your voice. I mean, what you did today is a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't use Greening Law because you lost your voice. Unless, I suppose, like, you know, you were at a business, something fell off the ceiling and slammed into your throat and caused you to lose it, then maybe you could give Greening Law a call. I can tell you this if you were in a car accident, and the airbag hit you and you're like, oh, and maybe you've got some injuries. Though well, that's where Robert Greening comes into play, man. The green team at Greening Law, I can tell you from personal experience, they make that process easy for you. If You've been hurt on the premises of a business. Maybe it was malpractice with a doctor or a hospital or a car accident. I'll tell you, man, you need to call. The, the consultation is free. You may not be sure. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a case. Call. Consultation's free, and they'll ask you a series of questions, and then they'll decide do you have something. And once they decide if you do, and they bring you on as a client, I promise you, man, I'm glad I did it because they have helped me tremendously. As we've told you, it doesn't cost
2: you anything to pick up the phone and call Greening Law and say, "Hey, man, here's my situation. What do you think?" And if they bring you on as a client, I promise you, it's been a lucky day for you because they will grind and grind and grind. And more important than the grind is. They walk you through what can be an intimidating process, what can be a tedious process, what can be a frustrating process as you go against somebody else's insurance company. Well, they make it easy for you, as easy as it can be. And so that's why I'm telling you, you get them as a client. The call is free. It's one of the best things you can do.
0: Yes, it is. And it's easy, man. 972-934-8900. Again, 972 972- 934 Keep that number handy. You'll have it when you need it. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. It's here. It is opening week of the NFL on Sunday Night Football. This Sunday night, the Dallas Cowboys will open their season at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's ready to roll, man. And now we got to figure out what do we truly think of this Dallas Cowboys team? I've been trying to keep the idea in my mind i want to get through these first two home games i i know i'm going to and i know late sunday night when you and i are wrapping up the podcast at like midnight after the game i'm going to overreact i'm going to have plenty of thoughts but i'm trying to remind myself let's get through tampa let's get through cincinnati and then let's see where this thing's at a couple of games into this season before they head to the new york giants in week three because quite honestly, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this thing right now, but reality of it is I don't really know what to expect. No, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, it's fair to feel that way.
2: The Cowboys have made a bunch of uh, decisions in the offseason that had a lot of us going, yo, like, what you doing, man? And, you know, they're the ones who are the experts. They're the ones who get paid to make these decisions. And so they want you to trust them because, uh, hey, we know more than you do. Well, that's okay. But now we'll see if they were good moves or bad. And I've been really clear to me that I don't agree with a lot of things that they do. And so, to me, they either get all the credit, which they will deserve if it works out right, or all the blame, which they will deserve if it works out wrong. Uh, I have tremendous questions about the offense. I don't really know how they're going to function. Um, You know, not nearly as many questions about the defense. I think they can be pretty good. Um, so let's see, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fascinating season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: And I am, too. And we've got some audio from Jerry, who, as we record this on Tuesday night, he was on the flagship station. Many of you know the fan in DFW, of which the Cowboys, of course, they have that relationship. So Jerry and Steven go on there every week and talk to those guys. So we've got some audio from them that I wanted everybody to hear. And and of course, we'll get into this whole thing with the Cowboys signing 40-year-old Jason Peters. He's not going to start at left tackle, at least on Sunday night. They're going to have him on the practice squad. It's hard to get a sense of whether he'll even be active for the game on Sunday. I I think they're going to have him around as a potential backup in case of emergency. But it sounds to me like they're kind of, look, this dude hasn't been in anybody's camp. He's just kind of been working out on his own, and he may need a week or two to kind of get back into game shape before you can roll him out there, and Tyler Smith has been in camp and has been preparing to play for the season, so I don't know how much Jason Peters we're actually going to see, early anyway.
2: Oh, I'd be like Doug. I don't know why we need to see him. Um, You know, he hadn't worked out. To get in football shape, you don't even want to see him for a couple of weeks. You know, it needs to be a minute before we see what he's rolling with and what he's working with. Uh, But I mean, I think based off of last year, he should be solid, not spectacular, not good, but just solid. And that's okay because
0: that's better than average or bad. It is. And and so, again, Jerry, and and this is audio from 105.3 The Fan because we need to properly credit them. But this is Jerry talking about that Jason Peters signing and kind of what they expect with that. So we'll go ahead. we'll talk about it now. And I'll let you hear in Jerry's own words what he thinks of Jason Peters.
1: Bottom line is I've known him very well all these years. And, uh, boy, he uh, uh, played tight end early, so that shows you the kind of athlete. Played defensive line, that shows you the kind of athlete. Uh, mark 2 an A type stuff uh, for us. And uh, so uh, uh, then to continue, his uh, he's so efficient. He's just very efficient to have all that athletic ability and that size. And uh, smart as well. And uh, just pretty much got it on. You think uh, uh, the ability to just manage yourself physically and be able to still be playing and you can you, he plays a position you can play a long time if you're efficient and you have the good luck of durability. He does have that. Knock on wood here. And um, so uh, he can really help you. You can imagine in a position in a game that takes repetition to get better and better and better. You really never quit getting better from the standpoint of middle, mental in the offensive line. Well, look what he brings to a snap when he walks out there and been doing that 20 years. And, boy, you can see it. It just uh, reeks of uh, mental capability.
0: So that's his thoughts. And, and, again, we're talking about a guy in Jason Peters. He's he's talking about his familiarity with them because, for those that don't know, he is from Texas. He went to a, a tiny little high school out in Far East, Texas, And he he played Queen City. Right. And he played his college ball at the University of Arkansas, which obviously Jerry went to Arkansas and he was originally recruited as a defensive tackle. So when Jerry talks about he was, you know, a defensive lineman and played tight end, what he's talking about was when he was recruited, then he came in and was moved in college to the tight end spot. He was undrafted, signed with the Buffalo Bills. He's got a a wild story early in his career because I think everybody's familiar with how good he was as a left tackle his whole career. He was not drafted into the NFL as a left tackle. He was undrafted. He started early in his career with the Bills as a special teams guy and a blocking tight end. And eventually, for the first couple of years of his career with the Bills, they started teaching him offensive line. And somehow he just picked it up And obviously, as we know, became a dominant left tackle who for a decade. And we're talking about a dude who has been a six time all pro left tackle who never played left tackle in his life until he was like a year into the NFL.
2: That means all pro means he was one of the two best in the game. That's what it means. Yeah.
0: So to do that after not
2: playing in college or high school, that's that's that speaks really a testament to his athletic ability and then to, uh, you know, his intelligence to pick it up and uh, take the coaching and improve at such a rapid rate that, you know, he became one of the iconic players in the league and is
0: probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would say he is a Hall of Famer, and we'll see. It sounds like, again, their plan, and, you know, Jason Peters has talked about this where he's kind of totally cool. If Tyler Smith is a guy and that's going to be his thing, then he's looking forward to teaching Tyler Smith what he can. And the Cowboys, it seems like, are almost kind of along that same mindset of that. And Jerry was also asked about Tyler Smith. And, and he is listed. They they released a depth chart today. I don't know that it matters. But he is listed as the starting left tackle for the game coming up on Sunday night against Tampa. But here's what Jerry had to say about Tyler Smith and kind of the youth that he has and what they're looking for him and he's a little bit more realistic, I think, here than he has been all the way from the beginning of training camp until now. So listen to Jerry on Tyler Smith.
1: Well, you see uh, in practice, uh, ever since he's been here, uh, you see uh, his power. Uh, you, see, uh, you can see his shortcomings. Uh, but, boy, those are, those are uh, really fixable shortcomings relative to a technique, uh, just, if you will, tricks of playing the game, and uh, uh, one thing that, uh, uh, that I don't want to underestimate about Tyler Smith is how intelligent he is. This guy's exceptional, and uh, boy, that plays a big role in uh, how you adapt and how you adapt to uh, uh, really uh, uh, adjust to what you're playing against, not only in preparation for the coming week, but during the game, adjustments as well as just, in his case, getting his foundation right. And, of course, St. Peters will really be able to help him along the lines there. And our coaching is really oriented toward helping young players. Uh, if they have a strength, it's young players' strength, our coaches.
0: See, and I thought that was interesting. He's talking about all that, and he's almost admitting, look, I mean, we kind of realize this is a, a rookie who's never started in the NFL, hasn't played a snap, and, oh, he had a chance to bring in this guy, and he's really going to help him. And then, like, when I heard him say that originally, and I added, you know, Jerry pauses a lot, and I kind of edited out some of those pauses where he's gathering his thoughts. (laughs) And, you know, when he first said that and I heard that, I was like, well, isn't that why you have offensive line coaches? And right when I thought that, you hear Jerry basically, oh, well, I mean, we have coaches who are really good at that, too. Because it was just weird the way he said that. Like, oh, well, we brought Jason Peters in because we need to make sure that Tyler Smith is going to be a good tackle for us. No, they brought...
2: Tyler Smith and Jason Peters in because Tyler Smith ain't ready to play tackle and if he's a disaster the first two weeks they need to have somebody on the roster who can step in until he's ready to play whenever that is. Exactly. I mean, come on, man. That you. The truth is okay in this particular situation. The truth is really fine. We didn't expect him to play this position now, and now we have to adjust, adapt, and overcome. And this is the move we're making. It is. It, it, It don't have to be that complicated, bro.
0: No, it doesn't. But with the Cowboys and especially with Jerry, it always is. We know that. And this is why And we've talked about this and we've talked about this in depth. I mean, the offense, the offense is lacking. There's a lot on Dak. We, I I think it was, maybe it was Jerry or somebody else where I saw the quotes going around today about how they're going to move CeeDee Lamb around a lot. He's going to be a highly targeted guy and he has never been the number one wide receiver there was always Amari Cooper there as well that teams had to account for now I believe CeeDee Lamb can be that guy but Dak Prescott has never been a quarterback who forces the ball to a certain target he's been a quarterback who has spread it around and kind of goes oh Amari Cooper is covered let me go to another guy and it sounds like and we've talked about this they're kind of expecting Dak hey CeeDee Lamb's the guy get him the ball
2: yeah, well, we'll see, because quarterbacks can evolve. Dak can become a guy who goes, okay, I see who the receivers are now. We're moving CD all over the lineup to put him in position to catch balls. So ordinarily I wouldn't do this, but in this particular case, I need to make sure he gets the ball and he needs to eat. And so that's why it's a fascinating season, because none of the other receivers have done anything. They have to pose a threat, or it doesn't matter how much you move them around, teams will just be like, yo, bro, somebody else going to have to beat us. And uh, I would expect Todd Bowles to go, yo, bro, somebody else going to have to beat us. We're not going to let uh, your one receiver who's proven just up and run up and down the field and make a bunch of plays. Yeah, you would
0: think so, man. Like, like, How do we figure out a way, bracket CD, safety over the top, double team them, and let's see, especially in week one where we still don't know if Michael Gallup's going to play. If he is, I can't imagine he's going to be ready to just come out of the gate in week one like old school Michael Gallup. If he can't go... I think that Tampa's going to say, okay, let's see if Dak can do this. We're going to eliminate CeeDee Lamb and see if Noah Brown and Jalen Tolbert and Dennis Houston, see if those guys in their first ever real NFL action have what it takes. And I think a lot of teams are going to do that.
2: It's um, it's not – you don't have to be a rocket scientist, bro. That's what any (laughs) good team would do until you prove that that's not going to beat us because why would you let – cd lamb beat you if if you can have somebody else uh try to do it especially when they haven't done anything that's why the run game was supposed to be so important uh that's why the ta- loss of tyron smith is such a big deal uh now Tyrant smith is still a good run blocker so you know if they can run the ball and they can get uh, you know something like 125 yards rushing against tampa bay then they should have a shot to win it otherwise i just think it's gonna be a hard night bro yeah,
0: and, and that's kind of the case, man. And and you look at this, it's going to be really interesting. And we'll get into Jerry's wacky-ass comment here in a second, but I just look at this, and based on, again, if the defense is what they think the defense can be, and we don't know that for sure, I believe the defense has a chance to be even better than it was last year. You, I don't know if anybody saw this today, but Dan Quinn Said that this is like the what he loves about this group is we got a deep crew and we are going to roll hard. I see better than I hear. I'd rather show you what we can be than talk about it. But that he has talked about how this is one of the fastest defenses he's ever had and they've got a lot of speed on this defense. And it's going to be weird. Because these last few years, especially with the whiz kid Kellen Moore, we've gotten used to the idea that this—I mean, hell—last year the top offense in the league, and it feels like this is a team that's going to have to rely on their defense to make those plays, and that they're going to win more with their defense this year if they're going to have a successful season.
2: It, that's okay, bro. Now here's what it, here's what's required. One, you have to if if you want to win with defense and special teams which uh, given uh, Turpin back there returning kicks and punts, um, you should have a chance to do that. Uh, But you have to play a certain way if you wanna win with defense and special teams. Uh, But what's the name of the game? name of the game is win. So however you gotta do it, it's all good. And if you decide that that's the way that you need to get it done, then commit to it, play like it, doesn't mean you can't be creative. You know, uh, San Francisco has a very creative running game, mm-hmm. uh, but they use defense and their run game to win. They didn't put the they didn't put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hand last year. They ain't finna to put it in Trey Lance's hands this year to win games. They play a certain way to fit their personnel and their talent. Cowboys need to do the same.
0: So the other thing it's interesting, because where are our expectations? I honestly I don't know. Because I I really I need to see, is this offense really going to struggle? Because if you can come out and show me something against Tampa and Cincinnati earlier in the season, and I feel like, okay, the defense is ready for this, and Dak is stepping up, and, and it's working a little bit, and maybe it's not the greatest defense or offense, but it works for the defense, then maybe I'll feel differently. But, man, you can make a legitimate case. I don't think it would surprise anybody that Tampa and Cincinnati start you 0-2, you then get New York and Washington. Then you go on the road back-to-back for the Rams and the Eagles. I, I don't think it's absurd to sit here going, man, you could be staring two and four in the face. And you look at these where you feel confident in saying the Cowboys are better than some of these teams. Like, for instance, later in the year, the Lions and the Bears, obviously playing the Commanders a couple of times, the Texans, the Jaguars. Right. But man, there's a lot of teams that I feel we, we just don't know. And it's going to be... I can see this team going 7-10. and 10. I can see this team, if Dak can be what they believe he is, I can see this team going 10-7 and seven and getting into the playoffs. And, and, and when you're in the playoffs, you never know. That's true. Um, but, you know, man, I just look
2: at it and I don't see any – my problem is I don't see any evidence that they can play the way they want to play. Yeah or that they play the way they need to play i just don't see any evidence that they can accomplish that i don't know how they're going to get it done uh i think Dak's a terrific player i think Dak's a terrific dude i ain't never seen Dak be the kind of guy who elevates anonymous receivers to greatness okay now maybe this year he does it and if so well my hat's off to him it's a black under armor hat that i'm wearing right now mm-hmm. so um uh, you know that's all good but dog You know, I've said this a million times and Matt knows it ain't my job to have hope, faith and optimism that things are going to work out in your favor. You know, it's not my job to to moan and groan and bitch about it. It's a half a glass of water. It ain't half full. It ain't half empty. It's just a half a glass of water. And it's up to you to
0: whether you're going to drink it out or fill it up. So how does Jerry Jones feel about this? Well, I'm I'm sure that many of you, you might have seen the quote and you're like, what the hell? But did you hear the quote? Because here is Jerry (laughs) Jones trying to explain to you his optimism for the Dallas Cowboys 2022 season.
1: I have to believe one and one is three. I I can't I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. Now, we all know it is physically physically. But uh, the three is where you have to go. Now, you have to have optimism to operate out in that world and commit and do things when you've got to count on one and one being three. And I'm not trying to play games, but that's where the biggest uh, payoffs are, is out there. Uh, if it's there for everybody to grab, uh, at one and one is two. So here you go. You've got to look for the best or look for the best outcome. What you have to do, though, is be ready every time that if you don't get that outcome that you hoped might be there or were optimistic about being there, then what do you have to do? You have to create some kind of net. And uh, I've been fortunate in my life. I've operated with uh, uh, at times without a net, and it didn't get me.
0: So, basically- What the hell? <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, okay, so you're, you're, you're literally admitting to all of us when you look at this thing, you don't really see it adding up to what it's supposed to and what you need it to. So you're just going to, out of the blue, hope that one plus one equals three, which to me means you're looking at this Cowboys team going, I don't know, man, but I hope that these guys can be, can be something that they're not supposed to be because one plus one is supposed to equal two, but maybe they'll equal three. Bro. My God.
2: See, I told you, and see, the, the reality is he really believes that. And you know it's it's fine. That's why he's been successfully what he does. Uh, but you know, man, it's it's hard to take a to take a walk down that street, man. Because, and the reason why I I felt bad, I haven't felt good about the Cowboys' chances this year. Matter of fact, in the Dallas Morning News, I think I picked them to go. I thought about it, man, and then I said, you know what? Every time I do this. I lied to myself and I picked something else. I said, let me pick what I really, truly believe, not what, you know, I think. And I really, they look like an 8-9 team to me this year. And um, the reason is, and it's pretty obvious, and I know what Jerry's response is, but look at the talent that went out the door, look at the talent that came in the door, and it don't match up. And so, to me, they became a lesser team. Look at the talent that went out the door for Philly. Look at the talent that went in the door. Mm -hmm. They look like a better team. And that's just how I came. That's how I came to the conclusion that they look like a, a eight and nine team to me.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at when you look at what how their schedule lays out. And I agree. Can you get a split with Philly? Can you beat the Giants twice? Can you beat Washington twice? Do, do you somehow find a way to maybe start the season with the split? But But then again, I mean, you look at this and it's like okay. Maybe they're better than Minnesota, but that's back-to-back road games at Green Bay, at Minnesota. It's it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. I have no idea what the Colts are going to be this year. I have no idea. For all we know, Matt Ryan comes in there and lights them up. I I, I just I don't know. Tennessee, that's a late Thursday night game, late in December. The weather in Tennessee could not be their friend. You could get run all over by Derrick Henry, or maybe they'll have the best run defense in the entire NFL. But I'm kind of like I feel like the floor is seven and ten, the ceiling is ten and seven, and like to me they're probably somewhere eight and nine, nine and eight, maybe nine and eight makes the playoffs as a wild card, maybe it doesn't. I, I just don't like you're talking about. I, right now, there's no way you can look at this and think they're better than what they were going into the season on paper. I just don't see. Well, well you can if you believe that one and one is three. <laughs> yeah, I guess
2: you can. Yeah, if you believe that and you know it, it makes sense to me why he thinks that and why he can why he can rationalize that i'm I'm actually down with that i get that i understand it but you know that's for him because he's doing it with a certain thing in mind he's trying to convince himself that uh that is chicken
0: salad not the other stuff yeah and and i'll tell you this because did you hear at the end of that comment that we played he talked about how he's operated without a net and it hadn't hurt him But if he needed a net for the Dallas Cowboys, what would that net be? What could help to save this season to make sure they're going to be okay? In this answer, to me, I was like, my God, they're screwed. But maybe you guys will take it differently.
1: Well, the net is uh, Zeke. The net is uh, running game. Uh, The net is play action. Uh, The net is uh, 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 giving some help. Uh, those, are, those are nets. Uh, the net is tight ends. The net is Pollards and running backs and Zeke and others. Uh, the net is uh, uh, we've got a quarterback that puts the ball to the best receiver, not necess- to the best open player, not necessarily the best receiver. Now, if everybody's running their routes out there, then he can get it to the right receiver for the particular defense. Uh, that's a pretty good safety net. Uh, you got to do that, and you got to get the ball out.
0: To me, they're screwed. Yep. <laughs> that, that, literally, that comment right there, I thought, my God, because you are relying. And we've heard him and Steven kind of talk about this before. They're going to rely on the running game that is running behind the line with a complete rookie left tackle, with a guy in Connor McGovern at guard that Mike McCarthy thinks would be a really good fullback and that couldn't beat out Connor Williams last year with just an average center that a lot of people don't believe in and the Cowboys probably would move on from if they could, a Hall of Fame right guard, and then your right tackle in Terrence Steele, who let's not make any mistakes. They're they're hoping they can develop into like a real legit deal, but Lyle Collins left for a reason because he got paid. I mean, this whole thing is you're running behind that line, And then, you like, in one answer, you're basically telling us that you want Dak to focus on CeeDee Lamb, and that's why you got rid of Amari Cooper, because he wasn't performing up to what he was supposed to be. But then in that answer, you're telling us, oh, well, Dak will make sure to throw it to the open receiver. But yet you didn't give him anything worth the crap at receiver to throw to.
2: Pretty much, bro. Uh, For me, the problem is that, like, I get it, man if you if you say hey look at our receivers for whatever reason we need to really run the ball man and focus on running the ball this year and, and built our team around the running game defense and special teams i get that and then i go the exact same thing matt said and it, it maybe it changed when you had tyron smith hurt but dude if you wanted to build your offseason around a running game then you need to do more to beef up your offensive line in the offseason um and you know i don't know bro uh if tyron smith and tyler smith was starting on the left side i mean i'd have got the scent i got a better center if you're trying to run the ball hmm. there were a few free agent guys out there who would be an upgrade that's what we're talking about and wouldn't cost a lot of money because you know they're in the jason Peters situation they want to play you know ain't nobody coming knocking on my door so i guess i'll take this slightly over the minimum contract and get out here and play a little bit Uh, but now it's just like Matt said, they're trying to run behind a raggedy Rudy Poot offensive line. I don't see how it's going to be, how you consistently
0: going to be able to do that. I don't either, man, but that's what they're hoping. And if that's the game plan, again, we'll see. We'll see against Tampa. We'll see against Cincinnati how well that's going to work. And then maybe they'll reanalyze and and figure out a way to make a move. Maybe this will get somewhere down the line. And they'll end up making a trade and, and see if they can get Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick from Cleveland. I don't know. We'll see. But I right now as we sit, man, and we got one more podcast before we get to the season opener, maybe something will happen in the next couple of days. I don't know what it would be. This is rough. This is probably the least I've believed in this team. And it, I'm, I was trying to think about this, trying to think the last time they went into a season – Maybe it was Dak's rookie year because Romo got hurt and we had no idea what Dak was going to be. And yeah, they had Zeke, but you didn't think that he'd just come flying out of the gate the way that he did as a rookie. But I don't know. Even right. then, I thought, well, I mean, Zeke's a badass running back. And that was back when Travis Frederick was still hanging around and the line was still a stud line. And I thought, well, you know, I don't know. And, and I liked Dak. I thought as long as he doesn't turn it over, I actually thought maybe I might have been more excited and this is one of those seasons that I'm, I'm really kind of, I don't even know that I'm saying I, like, I'm, I don't have a good feeling about this. I really don't, <laughs> but maybe that's good. Cause a lot of the times I do have a good feeling and they never do anything, bro. So maybe it'll be the opposite this year. We'll see. In the meantime, something that you can have a good feeling about is when you open up your mouth and put a little bill in it, it'll make you feel <laughs> real good. So Biltong, for those of you that forgot, or maybe you don't know, you're a new listener, Biltong is like beef jerky, but it isn't. It's a traditional South African air-dried meat, and it's way better. Now, Brews Biltong is where you need to get it, at B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, BrewsBiltong.com, right there online. Zero sugar, no artificial ingredients. We are talking about a guy, and we've had the owner of this company on the podcast a couple of times, We're the only podcast he works with. We're the only podcast he sponsors. And he's told us that story of how he grew up in South Africa. He made Biltong. He was making it at home because he likes it. He was making it for his buddies. And so many people started being like, man, like, where can I get more of this? That he quit his job as a rocket scientist and started his own company called Brews Biltong. And now, I mean, if you guys ordered, I think you'll see exactly why, because this is really good. Dude. I love it. Um, I love it because it's good for
2: you in terms of this. You can eat it as a snack in the middle of the day and feel all right about yourself. 240 calories in a two ounce pouch, 30 grams of protein. I rock with that, man. Uh, That keeps you full, especially if you chase it with a little water. And uh, that allows me, just your boy, to get through the day without some of those snacks that add uh,
0: fat to your middle. That's exactly right, man. High in protein. It's easy. But, I mean, it's good. I am telling you, it is really, really good. I've always got oh. a bag around. Ever since we first started working with bruise Biltong, man, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. If you haven't tried it yet, try it. BruiseBiltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15 at checkout, and you get 15% off your order. That's JAM15 at checkout at BrewsBiltong.com. Also, of course, as always, Freeway Tire Shop, nobody knows what Freeway can do better than Jacques. And the reality of it is, I think peace of mind at a mechanic is what all of us aim for because none of us, unless you just know stuff about cars, which you and I both do not, then every time you drop off your car, you kind of have that queasy feeling of, man, I hope I just didn't get screwed over. You'll never have that feeling at Freeway Tire Shop because JR is the mechanic you can trust.
2: And for me that's that's why i rock with jr man i mean that's really why i rock with him um because i can trust him to give me the proper diagnosis of what's what's wrong with my car and that's the most important thing when you take it in there did you get the problem fixed i mean solved bro what's the deal then i trust him use quality parts to fix my ride i trust him to charge me a fair price and we know man mechanics hey the part is ten dollars the labor is seventeen thousand And you're like, come on, bro, what are you doing? And then I trust him to stand behind his work. When you find a mechanic that can do all of that, that's when you need to ride with a man and take your car. He's five minutes from downtown, right off of uh, 35 and Commonwealth. Uh, He's worth the drive, even if you're a little farther out. Go take your car to JR, let him work his magic, and then you can holler at me and thank me later. It's
0: easy, man. You can check him out online right now. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote. Let him know you heard about it on the Jam Session podcast, and he's going to get you taken care of. It's freewaytireshop.com. So let's take this trip around the block, and uh, again, well, yeah, Before you get started, man, I'm just going to tell you this right quick. Okay.
2: We talked about this once before, but this was this was this first time It happened to me personally just real quick man i'm flying in from miami this morning to dallas (laughs) out there with jackson state yeah normally i like to sit in 8d or 9d something up close to the front okay Mm. bro i got stuck in 29d on a 737 so you know what that means people you finna add what, Matt, 15 minutes to your flight? Because it's going to take you 15 minutes to get off the plane. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm, I'm, I've, I've accepted my fate. I'm good. I'm cool. The plane lands. Took off on time. Landed on time. The plane lands. This woman who's sitting in the middle seat right next to me. Taps me on the shoulder. Do you mind if I get out? I, I want to get off the plane where do you think you're going you're in seat 29e how far up do you think you're going to get before you get log jammed yeah and she got met to 26 before she got log jammed like everybody
0: else that's very interesting and very kind of you because i would have said i'd also like to get off the plane you know what we're gonna wait for all 28 rows in front of us to get off the plane and then we'll get to go You know what bro i
2: almost did that in my own way which been like no nah, i'm good <laughs> but i decided i didn't want any drama and she was uh now i'm being i'm being serious here. she was she was a a white woman who looked about my age although she clearly had a much harder life than me this is true, Matt. Uh, y'all can judge me if you want to. I don't really care. When she fell asleep at this point during the flight, something in me made me lean forward and look up to see if she had her teeth in the top because I couldn't tell. But she had them there.
1: <laughs> this is I'm so a reporter,
2: nice. man. I'm just curious sometimes. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't taking a picture. Oh my god, I, that's I was hilarious. just curious because of the way her face was I'm just going to be honest with y'all. She looked like she had done drugs at a certain point in her life, and they they just took a toll on her because she looked every – I mean, she just – you know how you have that sunken look when, you, when you've when you done drugs and yeah. your face is just, just looking – you just look aged. And so, you know, maybe she's my age or maybe she's like 45 or 40. But she – and then – okay, I'm so nosy, Matt. Then she had a paper ticket I mean who has a paper ticket these days
0: I have no idea I always use my phone
2: Bro and then I was like I'm sitting next to her I'm like Who does she look like What kind of name would a person like this have And dude It took me about 10 minutes Okay it was a two and a half three hour flight Okay I was working on some stuff I was taking breaks here and there I finally saw the name On her ticket I go oh my god This is her that's the name that fits her perfectly. You know what it was, Matt? If it's Karen, take, I might take I a guess. I might just die. Not, it's, it's not Karen, okay. but it's 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 Vicky. Just take a, no. Her name Trisha. <laughs> no, man. Her name was Betty Jean Clements.
0: <laughs> Betty Jean, <laughs> and I was just like,
2: this yeah. name still fits
0: you. Yeah, she's. Done she's that. I
2: mean, she didn't talk to me. She wasn't a bother. She wasn't a mean person. She was just she was just very different.
0: She was scratching at her <laughs> neck trying to get off the plane.
2: No, but that plane thing was just irritating to me because we were so far back. There's just no way you're going to the front. And for those of you, because there's a few of y'all out there who might say, well, you know, she might have had a connection to catch. You know, by that time, I'm chilling. Flight attendants never came on talking about... Hey, if you're running behind and there's a connection and you need to get off, let those people off first, please. Because I'm I'm all down for that, because we've all been in that scenario. It wasn't any of that. She was just trying to get off the plane without going through the proper protocol, and it, it bothered me because it's the first time somebody actually asked me to do it. That's yeah. all. I'm sorry.
0: No, okay. I, I I'm I'm like you. Like I'm a I'm a fan of the aisle seat. I always sit on the aisle seat. I unless I am a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I'm too tall to sit in the middle and, and I I just can't, I can't stand sitting in the middle. I will sit on the window seat, but it's very, very rare. Like if I'm forced to, and it, obviously nobody wants in the middle. Unfortunately for the lady fiance, she gets stuck in the middle when we fly together, but she's small. I mean, she's little. You know, I don't think her being in the middle seat is really that big of a deal. But I prefer the aisle seat because of that, because I can stick my legs out if I want to. I always try to get the emergency row because you have more space. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I I actually will if if it is an option to sit on the emergency row, I will sit there every time, especially like Southwest, because if you get if you get a chance to board early enough, you can usually get an emergency row seat, and you just have more space. It's fantastic. And there's, there's one seat on on Southwest Plains on the emergency road that does not have a seat in front of it. And okay. man, if you can get that seat, you the that, man. Oh, you that the seat's mother... gold. Yeah, You can basically uh... lay down. <laughs> That's only happened to dude. me once. That one's hard to get, man, because even if you pay to check in early, it's always some dude who's like A1 through A15, like the real frequent people. It's always some guy who ends up getting it, yeah.
2: Well, the funny part is the way that the travel went has gone. I haven't been able to plan as far in advance as I normally would. And that's how I ended up in the seat like 29D. So I was coming back today, man, and I misread the ticket. And I literally, I thought it, cause I had a window seat on the way to Miami and I was just mad. And so I got this window seat and I'm thinking on the way back to Dallas. And I literally had just said in my head, I hate these fucking windows. I literally had just said that, bro. Literally, it had just popped in my head when this guy looked at me and pointed at me and said, "Hey, I'm in 29F." And I said, "You're in 29F? I got the wrong seat." He said, "Yeah, it's no, it's not a big deal. I mean, I'll see." I said, "No, bro, get your seat, man. You paid for it. Get, get it." And uh, I'm sure he thought I was crazy. I'm so sure Betty, did. Jean, Betty Jean moved out of the way, and then I picked up my, my little bag and moved, and I said, man, this is great. And I'm sure he still thought I was crazy, because he gave me kind of a weird look. I said, no, nah, man, get your seat. Claim that thing. And then I sat down, and I was so happy. The rest of the flight, I was just giddy.
0: Well, good. Until the end, when Betty Jean was like, excuse me, I really exactly. need some meth. Is there any way I could uh, go ahead of you? <laughs> god betty Jean. (laughs) and by the way betty Jean, if you listen i you know i i don't know you kind of strike us as somebody who does meth i i don't know what to tell you (laughs) that's awesome man flying is a trip i'll tell you people are so impatient and what's weird is like they're totally cool sitting there during the flight but god forbid you're on the ground now you've got oh i've got to get off the plane right this second what what happened ten minutes ago when we were in the air? You seem You seem totally fine then. Bro. And the best is the people who do that, and then you see them at baggage claim, and you're like, <laughs> "What the hell are you with, doing,
2: Doug?" Like they're with us, like. What was this? You know, I feel that way about people. You you know, because I've been driving a lot, like, going back and forth to Jackson, uh, and you'll see people driving. It's a two lane highway or whatever. And you see, it, you see how the traffic is bunching up. You see somebody zooming up. And you go, what are you doing? There's nowhere for you to go. Just relax. Calm down.
0: Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, at, at some point when you are on the airplane, you're all going to get where you want to go, okay? just And, again, it comes down to you're not better than anybody else. We're all on the plane. Just let it That's- happen. And you're going to get where you need to go.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. sir. Now, like
0: you pointed out, I would agree if it happens to where, look, we took off late and I've got 10 minutes to make my connection. I totally get that. Like, excuse me, do you mind? Like my connection leaves in 10 minutes. I get that. But if you're trying to be that guy and I see you a baggage claim, I guarantee you. (laughs) I don't know if you've met Matt McLaren. He will probably mention something out loud when he walks by you. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that guy. Yeah, bro. So I, I wanted to bring this up. Because we did, obviously, we didn't have a podcast on Monday, and apologies for that, but man, that was, so my engagement, tried it. yeah, my engagement party, <laughs> man, and I knew this was going to happen. I mean, we were having a great time. It was such an awesome party. Just really appreciate the, the lady fiance's mom and her stepdad are the ones that that put this on, and her step-uncle, I guess it would be, they, they hosted it at their house. Just this gorgeous home up on the top of this mountain and outside of Little Rock, overlooking all the rolling hills, and it was beautiful view. You know, had some friends that came in from Texas that made the drive, and we were just having a great night. And it was one of those epic all-time nights where you're just having fun, talking to everybody, and you're drinking, and you're having a good time. And you texted me that night. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I texted Matt at 8.30. I go, hey, we rolling at 8 tomorrow? And at 2.24 a.m., I got a text back. Ha ha, no way. Just got back to our Airbnb.
0: Might be out of luck tomorrow. I didn't respond. I am like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I put, I did not have my phone on me during the party. I put it away. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to be on it at all. And so I had put it in a different place. And so. I didn't even look at my phone until later that night when the party was ending and we were, we were obviously, you know, packing up and we go back to the Airbnb. And then we had some people that had come in from out of town and we're hanging out and just enjoying the evening. And I saw your text I was like, dude, there is no way I can function at eight o'clock in the morning.
2: And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, because I I knew it. And I had to, uh, I had to go to, uh, to the game and I had to be there. Yeah. I mean, I was going to, I had to leave the hotel at like, uh, I don't know, it seemed like, like 11 o'clock or 11.30 to get there because, and, and I'll use this to uh, segue right quick, Matt, uh, about, about the podcast, because I'll give y'all just a teeny tiny hint that one of these projects I'm working on for a very limited time, uh, Coach Prime allowed me uh, total access. For a very limited time So dude I got to the game early And I'm in the locker room Before the game Bro It's like a club in there It is like nothing I've ever seen And all I could think of Was other NFL coaches Or other college coaches going What the hell are you doing I walk in bro And no joke There's a DJ In the locker room (laughs) Wow I'm not. Uh, I'm talking about a DJ with turntables, a big ass speaker, and it's bumping and thumping. And you got to picture this scene as you're getting ready to play your first game of the season against the second best team in the southwestern athletic conference, a team that you beat seven to six last year, a team that's privately and publicly thinks last year was kind of a fluke win for you, and they're ready to beat y'all. So you got this DJ just bumping and thumping his music. You got. This other group, you know, Dion shoots his reality show. So you got yeah. the reality show people, the three or four with their crew and their cameras, and they're 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 doing all their stuff, okay? Then you got Dion's son and his guy walking around shooting footage for Dion's Instagram and his social media. Then you got a couple people who shoot the footage for Jackson State, uh for um uh, you know some other social media related to the program that he's authorized and then you got this thing called the pregame show which he's also authorized to do stuff uh with them uh, and so you got all these people moving around the locker room and it's like a club in there bro and then they go out and win 59 to 3 and you think i guess none of that was a distraction at all
0: yeah man i guess not
2: Oh, I forgot Gilly the King was in there. He's a big time uh, former rapper who's got a apparently a really popular podcast on Barstool. And his partner was in there and they're taking videos and they're dancing with players and stuff. I mean, it was it was like something out of the club live, man, in Miami. Jeez, dude. <laughs> Amazing. But it was it was wild. Amazing. I mean, I'll tell
0: you all more about that project at a later date. But okay. <laughs> it's crazy, bro sounds like it yeah and a good time in miami so with everything you had going on and just the timing it was going to be a tough weekend and with labor day on monday i know a lot of people off so hopefully it didn't throw out your schedule too much but i don't anticipate we'll have any problems the rest of the season and we'll always have one after the games for you but unfortunately from time to time that's just the way it is the other thing i wanted to throw out here i don't i'm sure you do you remember the actor brendan fraser
2: Bro, he was in. He, he was a good-looking dude who was in one of my favorite movies. What's the one where he's the Jewish football player? School ties. That was one of like for a long time. That was one of my favorite movies.
0: It's a fantastic movie, man. A okay, fantastic
2: I, I, movie. It's one of my fa- all-time favorite movies. He's a really good-looking guy. He's a football player. He's a Jewish kid, kind of passing in this in this uh, hoity-toity elite private school. And uh, then it came out that he was a Jew, and it was a big problem. And you know, but it was a really, really great movie. So, what about him?
0: Well, yeah, just that movie. I mean, that cast. Matt Damon was in that movie. Uh, ben Affleck made an appearance. Chris O'Donnell, Cole Hauser. If nobody's seen it, it's from 1992. I remember it well. It was a phenomenal movie. But like to your point, you talk about this. Like he was an Encino man, son-in-law, airheads in the army. Now the scout. Uh, George of the Jungle, he did The Mummy, Bedazzled. He was was like this big-time, you know, leading man movie star. Well, he, like, just fell off the face of the planet and disappeared. He was not in a movie at all for a period of five years. He did a movie in 2014, and then he did a couple of movies that I've never even heard of in 2019. Well, I bring him up. Because apparently he they are saying that he is in this new movie that that debuted at the Venice Film Festival and he got a six minute standing ovation. Well, damn. And they are saying that it is Oscar, that he is it's one of those roles that, you know, kind of like when John Travolta was in pulp fiction and, and it, it relaunched his career that this is like a relaunch type role for him that's going to get an Oscar nomination, like it's on that level. It's some movie called The Whale in which he plays a 600-pound man. And obviously, you can't add that much weight, but he uses prosthetics and stuff like this. And what's wild, I was reading about this, and he had disappeared so much so that GQ did an article in 2018 titled, Whatever Happened to Brendan Fraser? Because oh, he damn. he just disappeared from really any movies and and doing anything big in Hollywood. And apparently, in the article, Fraser discussed, he had suffered multiple injuries that he sustained while doing stunts during the Mummy franchise, had several surgeries, had a personal loss and a divorce, and he alleged that he was groped by the former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. That guy said that that was made up, and Fraser believed that he was being blacklisted from Hollywood because he had come forward about his experience. Whoa. So all of that, which is why you really haven't heard or seen anything with Brendan Fraser in in almost a decade, and all of a sudden, here he is in this movie called The Whale about a a reclusive English teacher who weighs 600 pounds, struggles with his health, trying to reconnect with his estranged daughter. And I mean, a six-minute standing ovation when this thing was over. And they said that Brendan Fraser started crying from the reaction he got from the audience.
2: Dude, I mean, you can't really imagine say, six-minute standing ovation. No. I mean, that,
0: that's, uh, you know. That's insane. Yeah, but for whatever reason at these film festivals, that's a thing. Like, the longer that they give you a standing ovation, like, oh, that's how you know it's really good. Because these are other <laughs> film people, like other actors and directors and whatnot. And it's... I don't know. I, I, I guess it's something, but I was trying to think. I was like, man, what is the last movie that, I've, that I saw with Brendan Fraser? And I got to tell you, I, I probably, because I didn't see Escape from Planet Earth because it looked like it would suck. The last right. movie that he did that I know that I saw was a movie called Extraordinary Measures, Measures with Harrison Ford that came out in 2010. Damn, that's an eternity <laughs> for an actor. That's 12 years with nothing. And I'm yeah. telling you, like, no one would recognize any of the movies since then. You would have, you'd be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know that was a movie. Bro. He was in some weird-ass movie called The Pawn Shop Chronicles. I mean, are you kidding me? Gee. kind of crap is that? So I don't know, man. But I, I, we'll see. He's only 53 years old, and they are saying that this is, that this is going to relaunch his career. So who knows, man? But I thought that was wow. kind of interesting. Well, you're right. He's been gone for a minute. Yeah, that's quite some time. That's how it goes. All
2: right. Well, good, good
0: for him. Yeah, so before we get into a little college football conversation, of course, as you guys know, I can tell you, man, HFX Foundation Solutions, Aaron, I asked him, I was like, hey, how are things? hope all is well with you. And, and he goes, man, just keep saying what you're saying because this has been a wild summer. And what he's talking about is the heat of Texas, that we experienced in the DFW area this summer, followed by the ridiculous amount of weird ass rain that all of a sudden is happening, that screws up your foundation more than you can possibly imagine. So if you have noticed, and now's the time you're gonna start seeing these things as as summer is starting to wrap up and whatnot, cracks, if you see soil washout, if you start to see sticking doors, that is your home telling you, hey man, might have a foundation issue. You don't want to screw around the foundation issues. Having Aaron and his crew with HFX Foundation Solutions come out for a free, no obligation inspection. That's the type of thing that can potentially save you thousands of dollars in damages down the road.
2: No, man. And what you got to do is you got to pay attention to it. You got your house is talking to you all the time. And what you got to do is listen when it's talking and uh, and, and be proactive about it. Uh, give Aaron and his team a call, 817-770-0174. And let them come give you a house, what we lovingly call a colonoscopy. And let them check it, everything from everywhere, every part of the house. And make sure that you're good. Because when you got that foundation problem, bro, that's a big bill just waiting to crush you. Here, you can be preventative. You can take something. Uh, if something's wrong, you can feed it early. And it's gonna cost you a fraction of what it would cost you if you catch it late. But more importantly, man, you get that peace
0: of mind that, no, my house is in good shape. I ain't got nothing to worry about. That's exactly right. They, they do it all, man. They are a full-service foundation repair company. They service all of the DFW area. And keep in mind, I'm sure some of you have probably noticed this with the amount of rain some of the areas in DFW have gotten. They also do drainage and gutter installations. 817-770-0174, 817 Seven seven zero zero one seven four or online at hfxfoundation.com also of course as always Smokey John's Barbecue man if you guys have not had a chance to get over to Smokey John's Barbecue and try that jam session bowl you need to if you're one of our newer listeners they created a menu item just for us you, you literally have to listen to the podcast to even know that it exists because it's on their secret menu and it is phenomenal I mean it is a meal and then some with the jam session bowl
2: dude the jam session bowl is out of this world man i've had two of them in the last uh five or six weeks and each one was a rare and lovely treat uh it's your choice of mac and cheese or mashed potatoes as a base and then man t- your choice of uh smoked meats two out of five i always go with the brisket and the sausage you can have chicken i mean there's a, there's a, the options are, are wonderful and then, man, they put all the stuff you find on a baked potato on it. It's Sour phenomenal. Sour cream, butter, chives, mm. works. Tell me Bacon more. Bacon bits. Ah, yeah. It's fantastic, man. Then they drizzle. They put some barbecue sauce there. Or mm-hmm. if you're having it there, you can have them drizzle it on there. And it is uh, it's beyond phenomenal. Two people can eat it easily. Uh, one person, if you're really hungry, you can throw down on it. Uh, but it, it's the best thing, you know. It's the best thing that they do. Okay, I'm just
0: gonna. It like <laughs> it's it. pretty damn good, man, and they make a lot of really, really good stuff. I mean, this is a barbecue place. Ribs, awesome. Brisket, awesome. Sausage, awesome mac and cheese like you can't you can walk in there and just blindly order something and it's going to be good that's one of the things i love about smoky john's is is most barbecue places specialize in something and they just do everything fantastically including that jam session bowl so check them out at smoky john's barbecue right there off mockingbird just north of downtown dallas and don't forget you can always order their sauce or their rub online at smokyjohns.com so we are one week into the college football season. It was interesting because a couple of things that really jump out, obviously, from week one more than anything, Alabama and Georgia are dominant. I mean, I, I cannot believe how badly Georgia beat Oregon. They look like they're in midseason form. Alabama, it, it, it just feels like, at least in the SEC, we are in a collision course again for undefeated Alabama to meet undefeated Georgia with both of them probably getting into the play. I mean, my god, they both looked good. Well, alabama was supposed to look good. They weren't playing
2: anybody. Um Georgia, uh I got to tell you, I thought Oregon was going to put up a lot more of a fight than that, but they were just overwhelmed. And so, yeah, man, let the uh, let the hunt begin and uh, let us see where it goes. Um I imagine they will obliterate Texas this week, but I do want to see it with my own eyes just to make sure. But, you know, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm thinking. But uh, I think it's going to be a great college football season if you got one of the big
0: boys. Well, I can tell you right now that my goal, I like I think Alabama is going to win like 52-17. to 17. I, I'm hoping if Texas can put 20 points on that Bama defense – I don't even care how many points Bama scores. Like, if it's 63 to 21, kick ass. Because that means that that offense, if you can do that to that defense, then when you're going through the Big 12, you're going to be all right. But, I mean, Texas... Texas is not anywhere near the level of Alabama. They don't have what Alabama has in the trenches. It's going to be a really lopsided game. And part of me... I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's a replica of Georgia, Oregon, and it's something like forty-nine to three. I, that would not surprise me at all.
2: Wow. Well, let's hope they let's hope they they're ready to put up a better fight than that. I mean, I'd to see a little bit. Well, you know, they lost uh, they lost the best offensive lineman in the I just you know, I want to see how Quinn Ewers uh, handles. Uh, that type of moment. Nobody expects him to uh, do the impossible. But I just want to see how, you, how he handles the moment. That's what I want to see.
0: Yeah, and you're talking about a kid ah. making his second-ever college start with two true freshmen on the offensive line for Texas making their second-ever career college starts going up against what Alabama brings defensively. I, I just, I mean, it, it's going to be very, very... I mean, Alabama beat Utah State 55 to nothing, and Utah State had a seventh-year senior at quarterback. You know, they, they had right, a lot right. of experience that returned on their offensive line from a Utah State team that won the Mountain West Conference last year and went 11-3. and three. That was a good Utah State team that had experienced guys. Texas right. has a lot of inexperience. I just, man, it, it could, oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. But I'm going into the game with that expectation. I mean, maybe it's going to be hot as hell on at 11 a.m., for the kickoff on Saturday, it's going to be 96 degrees by the end of the game. It's going to be humid. It's going to be miserable. Maybe somehow, someway, I don't know. I, I mean, you're something odd has to happen for this to, to be a game of significance.
2: Well, well their the offensive line will have to play well enough to give Bijan a chance to do anything and to give uh, Quinn, Quinn Ewers a chance to do anything. Uh, so I'm just interested. I want You know what, man? Uh, games like this, you just want to see how they compete. Yeah, Are they competitive? Can they make it a halftime game? Can they make it a three-quarter game? You know, how how competitive can you be? Will you lay it down when you get behind? Just how competitive can you be? Will all those cats quit show themselves so we can continue to move and get them out the program is what Steve Sarkeesian ought to be looking for.
0: Yeah, and, and I think he kind of knows. You can listen to some of his comments leading into this and even stuff he said before the season. I mean, he look, everybody gets it. Alabama is on a level Texas is not at right now, and that's okay. 2023 when they go to Tuscaloosa I think it might be a little bit different Texas will have a lot another full class of talent coming in all these guys will have another year of experience so we'll see how it goes but I don't expect much on Saturday I'm curious to see the two things from this past weekend that really jumped out to me Florida is good and they are way better than anybody thought they were Utah did not suck that Utah is a good team Florida beat them that was a phenomenal game, and Anthony Richardson looks like, holy crap, I mean, that is one of those teams, he reminded me of Vince Young watching him on Saturday, where that's one of those things with Anthony Richardson that you it's so difficult to play against a quarterback who can who can get out of the pocket and do things that Anthony Richardson can do. So I was really surprised by that, and I gotta tell you, man, I was curious to get your thoughts on Ohio State, because... When Jackson Smith and Jigba went down, it seemed like, and it's weird because the offense, it didn't operate the same. Defensively, they were really good, which I think bodes well for the remainder of the season. And you got to think the offense is going to be just fine. But that was a weird game.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I was very frustrated by the game uh, because the offense looked so out of whack. But what Ryan Day does is offense. I don't never really worry about the offense. I, w- I only wanted to know... Can the defense hold up against the run i i wasn't real worried about notre dame's passing game i know that we got run over by oregon last year early in the season and so i was like man we aren't that good relatively speaking and we got run over by michigan and uh, you know so i wasn't surprised by that either because i know what they do so it was all about with jim Knowles, the new offense the new defense coordinator they got from oklahoma state can they play good defense that's really all I cared about and so obviously they give 54 yards on the first playoff and missed tackle. I'm like what the fuck here we go again <laughs> but they held them to a field goal that on that possession and uh you know Notre Dame had a couple of two or three big plays but they were all kind of fluky um and they just shut them down man and I was like at some point can the offense do something uh and then they finally got it going a little bit in the second half uh late. But I think what happened when Jackson went out, you know, you've practiced all year with a certain thing, and then Jackson goes out, and now everybody's got to move up a notch. And while they're certainly capable of it, uh, they still hadn't done it yet. And so I think, you know, was, and Notre Dame's a good team. You know, I when you expected – I think when you predicted the blow out last week, I was like, really? I, I thought Notre Dame was all right. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think uh, – It was a game we were were going to destroy them. I'd have been happy to do that. I just didn't feel it like that. Um, So I was very happy with the win. Um, I'll take – when we have a good defense, I get excited because we'll be in the hunt all year because the offense will come around at some point. Um, I love our running backs. Uh, Trayvon is the guy who gets most of the attention. But number three, man, Mayan Williams, dude, he's got this fantastic story. He's like a three-star recruit who's like a fat dude. Like, really, he was a fat dude. And he came to Ohio State, man, and he spent that first year, I think he played some, but he spent that first year revamping his body, and after his freshman year, he didn't look anything like he looked as a high school senior. I mean, and he was cut, and then he spent his next year getting more cut. And so now he's like, he's like a terrific little back. I don't know what his future is. But uh, I bet he gets an NFL shot because he can catch the ball. He can run. He's hard to bring down, even though he's not a big guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting with Ohio State. And again, that was obviously the featured matchup of the opening week. I mean, there's a reason why Notre Dame was ranked fifth in the country. I I just, And I would be curious to see how it would have played out if Jackson doesn't get hurt so early in that game. The wide receivers are going to be okay. But you're talking about two dudes that really have very limited experience that they were looking it's kind of like we always talk about when you've got Jackson on the field that's what defenses are hey we got to worry about that guy take him away and when he goes off well then you don't have to double anybody you're not really worried about the receivers you can play a different kind of defense I think it would have been a little different if he did not get hurt but it's a hamstring he's going to miss the next couple of weeks but Ohio State has Arkansas State and Toledo before they right. have Wisconsin, but Ohio State doesn't leave the shoe until October eighth. Their first five games are at home. They're going to be totally fine, and by that time, when they go to Michigan State on October eighth, that offense will be rolling.
2: Right, and that's that's what you're hoping for. That's when uh, you can use these first four weeks to get a feel for what you got, what guys can do, get that confidence before you make what'll be uh, always a difficult trip to uh, to East Lansing because Michigan State's got that rugged approach. And uh, you know they're going to show up. It's just a matter of whether you can meet their their
0: energy. And if you do, you got more talent than you should win. And if you don't, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, man. And it's, it's I'll tell you this. If you're an Aggie fan, your next three games are going to be really interesting because Haynes King did not show a lot early on in that game. against. And Sam Houston State's an FCS school. You were supposed to smoke them. The A&M defense looked legit. Like, you could just see them, regardless of opponent, what they were doing against Sam Houston State. But the offense it's almost as if until they realized, hey, Anaya Smith is like one of the fastest guys in college football. What if we just roll him down the field and they finally started hitting him? But App State probably should have beaten North Carolina and A&M's got him this week. Miami looked dominant. And granted, again, much like a they played an FCS school to open their season. And then they get Arkansas and Dallas. It's going to be... I'm just glad college football is back. And much like the NFL season you just want to survive your first week because most teams in college make their biggest jump from week one to week two and then you get a couple of weeks into the season you kind of you have a better understanding of okay this is who we are this is the growth that we have and and you kind of have a better idea of maybe how some things are going to look it's just hard I mean the first couple of weeks is a big guess in a lot of cases
2: you just trying to be on the right side of the guest. My boys have been on the wrong side of the guests before. Uh, LSU was on the wrong side of the guest this week uh, against Florida State. And, uh, dude, you're just trying to survive early while you figure out, you know, because especially if you, if you haven't been at a place and or if you're playing a lot of young guys, you don't know, man, who's really coming to play and who can take what they do in practice or what they do in scrimmages and all that, who can bring it to the game because everybody going to bring it to the game. And then some cats don't show you much, and then they show up at
0: the game, and you're like, "Oh my God, okay, cool, Yeah, man. And so looking forward to week two, obviously, as we talked about, I mean, it's funny because Texas is not ranked in the AP. This is not a ranked this is not a top twenty five matchup, but that is by far the marquee game of the day. I mean, there are three ranked on ranked matchups, one of them, Florida and Kentucky. Kentucky's trying to beat Florida in back-to-back years for the first time since 1976 and 1977. That's a matchup of two wow. top 20 teams. I don't know how many people are paying attention to that. You got Baylor on the road at, in Provo against BYU. I think that's a 9 versus 21 matchup. And if you're a Baylor fan and you're listening, you're going to get pissed when I say this. BYU is capable of beating them. Especially, that is a nine fifteen kick at night in Provo. BYU does not suck, so that's going to be an interesting one. But man, Alabama, Texas, Alabama has not played in Austin since 1922. Wow, this is a big deal, brother. And it's an 11 a.m. kick. Well, that can only help uh, Texas. You got to think, man. I mean, it's the big noon kickoff on Fox, but I try. I've I've been trying to tell people from around here because a lot of people are going to Austin. They're like, oh, it won't be. I was like, I'm telling you. I'm telling you the weather in Austin is going to hit you in a way you're not used to. It's going to burn you. It's hotter there. It's going to be 15 degrees hotter in Austin on Saturday than it'll be in Birmingham. Yeah. It's going to be slightly more humid in Birmingham, but not drastically. I was like, man, I, I don't know how to describe it to you guys. And part of it is the fact that there's concrete everywhere. Cause you're in the middle of a major city. I was like, right. you're going to be miserable. Like you're gonna be like, oh, it's not that much. I'm telling you, when you get out there, you're gonna fry. And you're gonna be like, oh my God, it's hot as hell here. Like, you think? Well,
2: maybe that uh, maybe that's the advantage that they need.
0: Maybe you know how it is, like heat, the heat in major cities is just it's just more because it comes from the ground too, because there's just concrete everywhere. It's different. Bro. The heat in big cities is different. Yep, it's concrete jungle, my friend. That's how it is. But we will be back with you on – oh, I wanted to throw this stat out before we go because I saw this, and this is a Cowboy stat, and this was nuts. Did you see this tweet? I saw this from Ashota. Cowboys PR is saying that Zach Martin has more Pro Bowl selections in his career with seven than he does holding penalties because he's only been called for holding five times in his career.
2: Dude, somebody said that about two weeks ago, and I read it, and I was like, wow. That's amazing.
0: He is the Uh, only active NFL offensive lineman with fewer holding penalties than Pro Bowls. And none of the five career holding penalties came in pass protection. They were all in the run game. So he has never been called for holding on a passing play. And he has played more than 4,000 passing snaps in his career. Now, that's simply amazing. (laughs) I mean... I mean, if I'm whoever is presenting him for the Hall of Fame, I just read that and sit down. Basically, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Holy crap. That's incredible. It's unbelievable. But what a stat. But yeah, we'll be back. We'll have another one coming your way on Friday and we'll get you ready to go, man, because Friday we got to do the Jeff Catlin segment. Who's going to win and why? Hell yeah. And we're going to break it down for you. We'll have all things Cowboys, all things Bucks, maybe even a special guest on the next podcast as we get you ready cowboys opening the season on sunday night football it is here we will talk to you again very soon appreciate you guys thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course you can also find us on twitter at mcmatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.